Have compassion upon Zion, for it is the source of our lives, and deliver the jury hearted spilly in our days. Bless you, Hashem, or build Jerusalem. Cause the shield of David to sprout forth, and lift up its horn with your salvation. Bless you, Hashem, shield of David. Grant us rest, for you are our Father, and rule over us speedily, for you are our King. Bless you, Hashem, sanctify the Shabbat. Yes. And the days of David drew near that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. You shall be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. That the Lord may continue his word which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your children take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart, with all their soul, there shall not fail you. Said he a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, you also know that Joab the son of Zeruiah did to me, and what he did to the two captains of the host of Israel, to Abner the son of Ner, and to Amasa the son of Jether, whom he slew, and shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins, and in his shoes that were on his feet. And you shall do according to your wisdom, and do not let his hoary head go down to the grave in peace. But show kindness to the children of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and let them be of those that eat at your table, for so did they befriend me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. And behold, there is with you Shimei, the son of Gera, the Benjamite of Bahurim, who cursed me with a grievous curse on the day when I went to Mahanaim. I think that's right. And he came down to meet me at the Jordan, and I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death with the sword. And now hold him not guiltless, for you are a wise man, and you will surely know what you ought to do to him, and you shall bring his hoary head down to the grave with blood. David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the days that David reigned over Israel were forty years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron, and in Jerusalem he reigned thirty-three years. And Solomon sat upon the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was firmly established. Mm -hmm. I see the connection. I see the connection. <laughs> All right. So Shabbat Shalom. There is a ton of stuff in here. I'll just touch on just a few things here and there. Um, the first thing I'm going to talk about is actually the connection between that last week's, the end of last week's portion and the beginning of this week's portion. So um, the last week's portion, it said something like, oh, here it is. Now Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt. Um, that was last week. And then this week it was Yaakov lived in the land of Egypt for 17 years. So it's like, well, why are they back to back? And why, you know, why, why changing his name, right? One was, one was Yaakov and one was Israel, right? Some, some will look at it and say, well, when it says Israel, it's kind of talking about everybody, like the whole people of Israel, right? But um, I mean, these commentators didn't, didn't connect that. They said it was, this is the person. But they, they, they kind of did it a different way. They said um, Israel is like the name that Hashem gave to him, and Yaakov is the name that his earthly father gave to him. So he has these two different names. And the earthly father name is kind of like representation of his, his like earthly body or, you know, his, his, yeah, his, his earthly body or his being here on earth. And so he lived and he lived in Egypt uh, for 17 years, the last 17 years of his life. Um, and he also, you know, they say, they say he lived because he lived, he, he was like alive again because his, his, his son, he was able to live with his son, Yosef. And, and see him again and that brought like 
life again in his bones type of thing. But then the other one is saying, Israel dwelt in Egypt. It's like um, his spiritual essence or whatever, um, it only dwelt there. He didn't live there. He, like, he only was like a temporary time there or something like that. And so that in the future, he's going to go back to the land Israel, where he, where he really wants to live or where his spirit really wants to live. And that's kind of why he, you know, asked his Yosef to bring his bones there and this this kind of things. Um, so that's that's one thing. I mean, there's this so deep. I don't know. I can't go into all of it, but those are the some of the like scratching the surface a little bit, you know. Um, and then you know, also they talk about how um, we live. We also, you know, we live in this material world. You know, this 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 world here and we can be we can be happy living in this world you know we can be happy um with what, what we have and you know or we you know as long as we're getting we have our food you know like the egyptians they had everything and so you know the people of israel were pretty happy living there um living in egypt yeah and they had food and clothes and you know whatever they were living in like the the the, cent the center of the world right the the biggest city probably in the world at that time like New York or you know, one of those big giant cities right and so they had everything they needed and they got complacent and used to living there and you know and then over time they became slaves right to to this thing and it didn't happen overnight it was like a slowly gradual thing I think that kind of happens to us too. become slaves to our our not, I want to say style of life are what do they call it the, the life of our life of like standard of living you become like the standard of living and then you become a slave to that right? you need to keep that standard of living but anyway so that's that so he didn't want to be buried in Egypt he want he wanted to be um, um, his his body to be taken back to this to the cave that his forefathers bought um, um and then um he gave he gave Yosef the double portion. He gave the Yosef's sons the double portion, right? By 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 putting two sons instead of just one, and that's automatically a double portion. They both got a part of the of the inheritance just because there was two of them instead of just one. Um so essentially he chose Yosef to be his uh to receive the, the, the firstborn's inheritance or the, the double portion. Um, you know, and later on he, he goes through and he tells the reasons. He, you know, it seems like the other, the other patriarchs didn't really give, I mean, they kind of gave some reasons, but you know, Jacob gave like a really hardcore reasons, right? <laughs> like you did this, you did that. You know, those are the reasons, right? So like, you know, Abraham didn't really, you know, he did to give a reason like, well, you know, Sarah's not your mother. You know, so Ishmael, you know, you're blessed, but, you know, Isaac, Isaac will get the, the full blessing, you know. And then came along Jacob and Esau, and, you know, Jacob kind of, like, was sneaky about it, and he got the blessing that way, you know. But this time, it was like a, it was like, there was no, no beating around the bush, no being sneaky, nothing. It was just, like, straightforward. This is why, you know. So I thought it was pretty um, cool. Um, and then um, I will talk about uh, the blessings of the, the blessings of Ephraim and Manasseh. Um, I kind of talked about it during the week, but they they too were blessed. Um, you know, like we bless our our sons every Shabbat, um, but you know we, we bless our daughters after the patriarchs, but we, then we bless our our sons after Ephraim and Manasseh. And you're, you know, the reason is because that blessing that Yaakov gave um, to them was blessing them under the patriarch's, um, yeah, under the patriarch's name. So it's, it's kind of the same blessing, but also it's a blessing of them being able to live in this um, foreign land, but yet still clinging on to the Torah, clinging on to the, to Hashem, you know, and being able to do that. 
Um, and it kind of, they, they go, they kind of go into some deep things about um, how Ephraim and, and Manasseh are kind of tied to, you know, like Christianity in a way, like how they're like kind of hidden, you know, hidden from, uh, they're like separated, you know, they're separated from the other sons or the other tribes, you know, in a sense. And they're, they they kind of tie it all in. It, it's very, you know, it's very it's deep, it's deep. But I, I won't go into all that. You guys will have to like borrow this book and, and read it. Um, but I'll go into the how that how that parsha is a closed parsha. I'll read this whole thing because it was it was interesting. So in the in the beginning, when Yaakov starts to bless or curse his sons, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, he said in, in the last days or in your day, in the, in your, in your, in the future days, you know, and also this, this kind of this portion of where he's giving all these blessings and things is very poetic. Uh, the Hebrew is very poetic in this area, in this part of the Torah. And so it's interpreted in a lot of different ways and different sages interpret it differently because of the, such of the, the way the words are and how they can kind of be, I don't know, changed or used different words, I guess. You know, sometimes when you're reading poetry, even in English, you're like, it could kind of mean this or it could kind of mean that because of the, just the way words are used, right? It's kind of a similar thing. They're not like, it's not super concrete. And so um, he was talking about last days and it could be the last, it could be like future days of his, of his sons or it could be like the last days, like in our last day, the last days of like the earth or whatever. And so, um, so it's very um, kind of like ambiguous in a way. Um, but here, the close, a closed par parasha, so we, you know, it just runs on to the next parasha. Sometimes the spirit of the Lord issues an edict on a certain passage of scripture saying, seal up the words or bind up the testimony, seal the Torah. For example, the Lord said to Isaiah, bind up the testimony, seal the Torah among my disciples. That was in Isaiah 8, verse 16. The end of the book of Daniel says, these words are concealed and sealed up until the end of time. Daniel 12, verse 9. Certain parts of the apop apocalyptic book of Revelation remain sealed, as it says, sealed up, seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder have spoken and do not write them. That's in Revelation 10, verse 4. God has closed the interpretation of those particular prophecies. Likewise, the rabbis regard Yaakov's prophetic blessings in Genesis 49 as closed. In the Torah scroll, Parashat Vaichi is unique in that there is no extra space between it and the preceding Torah portion. Ordinarily, a new Torah portion begins on a new line, or at least a space separates it from the previous reading. No space separates the first word of Parashat Vayichi from the last word of last week's reading. For that reason, the rabbis referred to this portion as a closed reading. Why is this section more closed than, than all other sections of the Torah? Yaakov wished to reveal the end of days, but the matter was closed, i.e. hidden from him. That's in Genesis Rabbah 96 verse 1. And then there's some more. Shimon, Rabbi Shimon said, he showed them the downfall of Gog and Magog. Rabbi Yehuda said, he showed them the rebuilding of the temple. The rabbis said, he was about to reveal the end of days to them, but it was hidden from him. Rabbi Eleazar bar Avi, Avina said, two men had the end revealed to them, but it became hidden away from them later on. They are Yaakov and Daniel. Daniel, Daniel. To Daniel, it is said, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Yaakov was about to reveal the end to them when it was hidden from him. Genesis Rabbah 98, uh, verse 2. So we have this various poetry of Yaakov's final blessings to them. Gather all the sons. Um, to hear Yaakov. So um, I'll break down like just 
quickly. But also, he, they go into the Targum Tsudo Yonatan, which is, um, is an American, uh, American, an Aramaic paraphrase of the Torah that incorporates earlier Midrashic interpretations. So it's kind of like, a, I guess, another version of the Torah, like Aramaic kind of version of the Torah, but it's more paraphrased. But it's from, uh, it's pretty old. So it's, you kind of get what they're viewing, how they're viewing things at that time, you know. Yeah, it's like picking up like a really old Bible that was around, and but it was paraphrased. So it was like you can imagine it, them using like terms and things that were done at that time, as opposed to, to now. You know what I mean? So it'd be like I don't know, they're talking in old English or something, but talking about stuff at the time. Anyway, so it gives a little bit more um, insight, I guess, at least at that time. Um, but I'm not going to go over all that. I'm just going to go over the basics. So, so Reuven was, you know, wasn't given the birthright because of what he did. You know, he did that. Um, went to, he defiled his father's bed. And so, yeah, as you, if you read other versions, you'll see like some, even even this today. Like I was reading one, and it talked about um, couch and bed, and it reversed it. And some say couch first, and some say bed first, and so it's interesting. Like they, the people, the the translators kind of change the words and change it around. Um, but yeah, of course he didn't get that because of that, and it also said because he is like water, which is very um, uncontrolled, like not controlled. Like so, he's I guess he doesn't have good self control. So that's why Reuben didn't get it, right? Talk about Shimon and Levi, and those two brothers are the next in line. And neither one of them got it, the birthright, because they, you know, they acted out in anger and, and, and I guess killed all the men of Shechem. And they probably had other things that, that, that is not recorded about those two guys, you know. And they also said, and um, they will be separated in the land and, and throughout Israel, right? They weren't going to be together, or I guess, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be dispersed or whatever. Dispersed through Israel, um, scatter them. Because some say that if they were able to stay together, they would they would not sub submit to Yehuda. They would not submit to their older brother, or the tribes would be too strong or something like that. So Hashem, too fierce. So Hashem scattered them. And then Yehuda was was given the kingship, right? But he still wasn't given the he still wasn't given the birthright because I guess because he's just you know in the he was too far down in the line I don't know <laughs> it doesn't really say why I mean he did a good he, he was a good maybe he was also a little bit too too tough or something I don't know or you know I think maybe because also Yaakov did did favor ya Yosef you know um, and then it does talk a lot about Yehuda here Yosef got the birthright through his two sons because because instead of instead of just blessing Yosef he blessed Manasseh and, and Ephraim and they both got a double they both got a portion which is double of Yosef then it talks about Zewilin, and he was dwelling on the seashore, and he, he did, he, would, he was a big, um, did a lot of commerce and things like that in the future. Um, Issachar was a strong donkey, and they say like he was, he was a, a work or laborer, but also said good things about him, that, he, that the people of Issachar um, labored to allow, um, Zebulun to allow Zebulun to um, study Torah, so they were guests near each other. There were two tri tribes that were that were near each other, and so um, Issachar was kind of sacrificed, working to allow this other tribe to study Torah. And that's one of the one of the things that the sages passed down. Um, Dan was a was a judge, and they, they say he's kind of future future looking into the future of, of Dan and seeing um, that uh, Samson came came out of him 
and was able to, you know, strike down the Philistines, you know, in the future. And I think also there was another one. Um, I think it was Gideon came from from Dan as well. But neither one of them were, were the were the head. Neither one of them were the kings, but they were still, you know, had a important important thing to play. Um, and then right in the middle, you know, there is, for your salvation I wait, O Lord. So, you know, he's talking about the sons, and then he just breaks right there. And they're saying, um, the sages say, that, and maybe at that point he's looking forward and saying, oh, maybe, you know, he's, being, he's prophesying as he's blessing, and he's saying, oh, maybe, maybe this Samson will be the Messiah. Oh, no, it's not him. Maybe it'll be, you know, Gideon, and no, it's not him. You know, so he's looking at these future messiahs that come along, but they're like, no, that's not the, the full, the ultimate messiah. You know? So then he just says, I wait, you know, I wait for messiah. And it look, and then they get, then they write it three different ways here. The messiah, this messiah blessing, and it says, regardless of the order, it 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 makes sense. I'll just read them. For your salvation, I wait, O Lord. And then I wait, O Lord, for your salvation. And O Lord, for your salvation, I wait. So it's like you can switch these words in any way, but they all kind of say the same, same thing. And then, um, what does it say about Gad? So Gad means fortune. And the Hebrew way you say it is God, but it kind of throws people off. So as for Gad, raiders shall raid him, but he will raid at their heels. And um, it doesn't say so much much about that. Just the way it is, that's what Gad had to do. Asher will be rich in um, in like fine foods, I guess, oil. You know, olive tree, olive oil, oil, those kind of things. And I guess, yeah, it just says that he's going to be, and I guess it kind of alludes to this kind of messianic idea of all the people, children of Israel gathering around and eating these, these royal foods that Asher has produced. Naphtali is, uh, is uh, a fast a fast deer, and and that those words can be can be translated a few different ways. And the two two ways that they they kind of showed in here, it could be either Naphtali gives beautiful words, or he bears beautiful fawns, um, you know, daughters. So and and that's kind of I've heard that in in you know in I don't know, just like talking to Israelis or whatever, and they say, oh. You know, it's like a common thing to, to like, tell tell a, 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 tell your 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 friend about about his daughters. You're like, you must be from the tribe of Naphtali, cause saying that your daughters are are like beautiful or something like that. <laughs> it's like a common thing. All right, and um, and then Yosef, of course, he was given all kinds of blessings and praises upon him, and that he will be um, blessed in the future. And then Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. It's like so, like a total soldier tribe. Um, they, they, you know, like a warrior king. And I guess they—that's where Saul comes from. So Saul, you know, was kind of like a warrior king, and then it kind of like it was his undoing because he, when he conquered the, the Amalekites, he didn't. He took the spoils. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. And um, that's it. That's all I have for my for what I've studied. So maybe uh, I don't know if you if Safa has something to share. I'm sitting a little bit. All right. Um, kind of goes into. Team, uh, team Leia or Team Ra Raquel or Rivka. 
Um, you know, it's interesting the, the the prophecies concerning Yehuda and um, and Benjamin and um, and Yosef are um, similar. Shabbat shalom, by the way. Shabbat shalom. Um, you know, one thing that sticks out to me is there seems to be still a separation. Sit back there. Okay? There still seems to be a separation between um, Yosef and uh, his family, for the most part. Uh, makes an inference that he they don't seem to be getting together in family events. Uh, he still lives pretty much uh, within the realm of uh, Pharaoh, even though he says, you know, I want, I want to be buried you know, in, uh, in Canaan. I want to be buried in Israel. But uh, even, even when there's a, when there's a, uh, when uh, Israel calls Yosef to, to come to him at the end of his life, he um, makes him swear by the covenant and, so it seems like there's kind of an inference that, okay, well, uh, it's almost like he has to explain, you know, this is this is circumcision. This is very important to me. So there seems to be still a division, you know, and um, it kind of goes back, kind of goes back to um, <clears throat> the original agreement, you know, the the marriage with uh, with Leah and her sister. <clears throat> And they're they're both righteous, absolutely. Both uh, both wonderful zonics. Uh, uh, um, it's interesting. The you know it says Yehuda. He he kind of makes he he does come around. He being Israel or or uh, holy father. Um, you know does uh, you know uh, acknowledge the beauty and the righteousness of of Leah. Uh, by saying that you know she that Yosef, I mean that uh, Yehuda is definitely going to be the king. You know, um, he pretty much uh, sacrificed himself, showed himself uh, honorable, and then he sacrificed himself figuratively, you know, before Yosef. And I think I think also in the prophetic sense, uh, Israel sees that um, because. Of the way that he uh, desired, um, you know, the, because he desired his his first, you know, uh, Rachel, uh, it, it caused division in his family, and it's gonna, you know, it says we're judged measure by measure, and in the prophecy for Yosef, it says, the blessing of your father surpasses the blessing of my parents, the ends of the everlasting hills. May they come to Yosef's head and to the crown of the one who's separated from his brothers. So he's making a prophecy, possibly, that there's going to be a division. And now all the, all the pretty much most of Israel, except for Yehuda, Benjamin, and uh, part of uh, Levi, pretty much go um, and follow after Ephraim. Uh, when the division of the nation of Israel happens. Uh, also, it's interesting uh, in Benjamin, uh, the prophecy there says he's going to be a man of war. And we know Yeshua said, um, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And there's a misunderstanding that happens, which seems to be, you know, pretty consistent within the family, uh, our family. Uh, of Israel, uh, there there was a situation. I'm not sure if you all have heard the story, but in the time of the judges, um, uh, in a desire to be righteous, uh, Benjamin set up a bunch of pillars on their border, and uh, the rest of the tribe saw it as they were setting up idols, and without any explanation, they went and they basically slaughtered. 85% of the of the Benjamites, men, women, children, goats, cattle, they slaughtered them. 
And then they, they got the, oh, they weren't pillar, they weren't altars, they were pillars, right? So, um, but you know, here's the thing is, is even though they were dispersed, it eventually brings glory to Hashem. And, you know, even though Hashem is merciful, he's merciful through his, his judgment. And there's, there's the, there's the double uh, layer of Hashem where he uh, he lets mercy reign over judgment uh, if we allow it. If we if we take hold of his mercy, he'll show himself merciful. Uh, but we, when we step out of that, we, we say we're in judgment or we're going to take the mantle of a king or be authoritative, then we don't want to be in the place. We want to take hold of his mercy. And eventually, you know, uh, just like, you know, Reuben was saying that eventually Mashiach is going to come and he's going to tie it all together. It's interesting in the middle, you know, um, Israel says, you know, it's, it's, it's our uh, efforts are not going to be okay until Mashiach comes and sets everything up. Let us uh, hold, hold truth to hold, hold us uh, accountable to the truth, Hashem. Let mercy triumph over judgment. In our lives and ever in the lives of those around us and in the lives of Israel. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. You want to carry, Mama? That was uh, <clears throat> that was really interesting. I never thought about um, that that even, I mean, we always compare Yeshua to like Mashiach ben Yosef and, and because of the many things that Yosef faced in his life, all the trials that he faced, and yet, um, and yet he was triumphant and he was used by God to save not only the Egyptians, but his, 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 his own family and, and even the rest of the world, you know, the known world at that time. And we see that in Yeshua, and also how his brothers didn't recognize him because um, because he looked very Egyptian, and you know, similar, very similar thing. Right now, Yeshua is dressed in very pagan clothing to the rest of the world, and to the Jewish people, he's dressed in Roman, you know, pagan clothing, antichrist clothing, even, um, but. I didn't, but I, now that you said that about Ephraim and Manasseh, that he received the double blessing through um, his sons, and thinking back also to um, Jacob and Esau, when Jacob uh, basically got the, the 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 double blessing or the birthright from that Esau was was supposed to have, at least according to his father. Um, the the real purpose of it. I mean, I, back in that day, you would just simply give the that that to your eldest son, and it was because you know you assumed because he was the eldest, he was the most responsible, and he would take care of the rest of the family if they ever needed anything when 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 uh, when you were gone, because they were trained because the family was trained to look at the elder brother as the elder brother as a as as the the next authority figure after the parents. But um, but in God's society, it's more than just about physical protection and physical blessing. The reason why He gave the the birthright to um, to Jacob is because because it was Yaakov that would that would carry on the spiritual the spiritual responsibilities of their father, and Esau was not concerned with that. And so this, this is something that's repeated all throughout the Bible, where what's supposed to happen, according to man's eyes, does not happen. Instead, God chooses someone more humble, younger. Even David, you know, when he was chosen, he's one of the younger brothers. Um, so, and we have it again with Yosef and Ephraim and Manasseh, and we have it again in the Haftar portion. Um, and the connection, you know, one connection between the Torah and the Haftar portion is because of this phrase right here, 
or it says Vaikrivu Yemei Yisrael Lamut, which means when the time drew near for Israel to die. And in the Haftarah portion, it's the same. It starts out with the same Hebrew phrase except for David, Vaikrivu Yemei David Lamut, and the days drew near um, when David should die. And so these 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 patriarchs were both on their deathbeds, and they charged their most uh, worthy son of the of their responsibilities to carry on their responsibilities for Hashem. And just like um, Jacob chose Yosef, even though he was not the oldest, um, so too David chose Solomon, even though he wasn't the oldest. Um, and Yaakov and, and um, well, no, actually just Yaakov, Yaakov uh, charged his son he said don't bury me in egypt and this is one of the reasons one of the main you know stories like these are one of the reasons why there is a um jewish halakha a jewish law rabbinic law um to not be cremated we are supposed to be buried um as soon as possible and not be cremated the patriarchs had this faith and we are also, you know, our bodies are, are temples for um, our, our neshamas, our souls, and the Holy Spirit. And so when we die, you know, it doesn't mean that our bodies should be destroyed. I mean, think about, you know, think about it like the temple in Jerusalem, um, when it was decommissioned, um, was it a good thing that it was destroyed? No, it wasn't. It was, it was not a good thing. And so from this, you know, the sages derive that we should not, defile a human body even after the soul um, or spirit has left and so a jewish burial is quick and it does no harm to the body so that's why cremation is out and even though it's not a direct commandment in the torah to 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 not cremate or to you know to bury the dead um, right away it's simply what our forefathers did and so judaism is not only about about the commandments of God, it's all about, it's also about the stories of God that we find in the Torah. It's not just, not, it's not just about, our religion is not just comprised about the things that God has commanded, but also the examples that are set by God and by the forefathers, our spiritual forefathers in the Bible. So um, there's this one passage in the Talmud that talks about how, how of course we should walk in his, keep his commandments, but it also says we should walk in his ways. And then it says, how do we walk in his ways? We know how to walk in his commandments. It's very obvious, it's very easy. Anything God commands, we just do it. But how do we walk in his ways? And so you just say, it's when we do the things that he does. Even though he doesn't command us to do it, we still do the things that he does. And you know, in, in a family, we can see that. There are things that we command our children to do. We teach them verbally to do. And there are things that we never tell them to do but they pick up from us our mannerisms, our ways, our habits, the things we do. And these are the things, that's, that's how humans learn from their parents. And that's also how the nation of Israel learns from the Torah. And so, you know, we have this argument a lot of times when Hebrew rooters or Christians will say, oh, well, that's not commanded. Or even with the Shabbat, they'll say, oh, it was never, the Shabbat was never commanded um, in Genesis. It was only commanded you know, in Exodus, but it's like, but God rested on the seventh day, even in Genesis. And so, you know, it's my faith and the faith of, of many, um, even sages, that even before the Torah was commanded in Exodus, that the children of, not the children of Israel, but um, the children of Adam, the sons of Adam, even they knew about Shabbat even though God didn't command Shabbat, but he himself rested. And we just follow after him because he's our father. The things he does, we also do. Um, I think that's a important part of Judaism is that it's not just a bunch of commandments. It's about imitating our forefathers and learning from them. Also the, 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 um, the, the commandment of tzni'ut or modesty um, in the Mishnah, there, uh, um, as far as I know, I, I don't believe there's any commands that say, you must dress this way, thou shalt dress this way. It's not a commandment. 
but it's but what rather is written in the Mishnah, which in Judaism um, we understand the Mishnah as the words of the sages of the great court, the great court or the judges of Israel that were that were given authority by the Torah when God said that you know you shall appoint judges to yourselves in every city, and there was a great court in Jerusalem. Well, according to the Mishnah, the words of these sages of the last great court, the last Sanhedrin, um, it describes how the ancient Israelites would dress. It was in, and it was very, it was very typical of the way um, people dressed in the Middle East in that day. People who were um, conservative people, you know, godly people, not not harlots or barbarians or anything like that. They would dress in loose clothing. And um, and they would cover themselves up. So that's where we get. That's where the principle of modesty comes from. From this description of the ancients, um, and then from that, our sages derived rabbinic laws um, from this description of how our of how our um, forefathers dressed. And um, it's just the last thing I wanted to say is that you know these. These patriarchs, they charge their, their children on their deathbed. But what they commanded their children to do was not new to their children, um, you know, to keep God's Torah, to keep God's commandments too. And um, King David even told his son, you know, if you, if you keep the Torah, then your kingdom will be established. Then you will never lack a man on the throne in Israel. And um, we can say that too for for all of the endeavors of the children of Israel, whether it's, you know, whether we build up, we're trying to build up our community, whether we're, tr we're trying to build up our business, or whether we're, we're trying to build up our families. How do we attain God's blessing? It is by, um, it is by keeping God's commandments and walking in his ways. And that is the secret for us it may not be the secret for non-believers, you know, we, you know, the Bible talks about how the unrighteous, the ungodly, they seem to flourish for a while, but they are not eternal. The nation of Israel is eternal because we keep God's ways, and that's the only reason why anything, if it succeeds, it will succeed forever, as if it is blessed by God and we do it according to his, his principles. I have a question. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. And Israel died and Joseph fell on his face and wept. Um, which happened first? I would like to think Joseph wept on, on uh, Jacob's face. I don't know. I cannot pinpoint the timing. Before he died. Sometimes things in Torah are not exactly chronological. So it could have been that Joseph wept before, before Israel died, you know, like right before he died or something like that. But I could imagine the other way too. But it wasn't, isn't it true that uh, the people of Israel are not to touch a dead body? Um, not necessarily, because sometimes you have to. Sometimes it's a necessity, right? But yeah, they like the. I think the high priest or the kohen or something or not the kohenim or not. But I think, I mean, so, someone has to do that. So yeah, I, I think there, there'd be unclean. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like I think you know when you when it, I think in, in Torah when it, when when Aharon's sons die. By the strange fire and, and Shem, you know. Yeah, the cousins uh, took it. He wasn't allowed to touch to touch them, or yeah. But some some other Levites took took the sons out. So that you know, I mean, I can imagine. I I can't imagine. I just can't imagine your, your own son, and you can't even like bury them or do anything, you know. So that's very. But that's the thing that's set by the set by Hashem for the Kohanim. There's a special 
Oh, it's Especially. for the priests only, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. All right, let's continue here on page 77. And we'll sing the Psalm 145 of the Ashray, page 77. Tehla le David, Eromim ha elahai hamalek, Ravra chashim kalelam vaed, Bekoyom avra keka. Ahalashim kalalam vaed, Gadoladunai umholome od, Vilig du la in keke, Dole doya sabak maseka, Ugvurateka yagidu, A dark evod hodeka, Niva elipoteka, Asika, Bezus norateka yomeru, Ugdulateka asaprena, Zecherav tochayabiu, Zikakecha yerenenu, Hanun verachum adonai, Ereka paimugdacha said, Tovadonai la cova, Rakamava comata, Yoduka adonai cold maserha, Vehasidecha yerehucha, Kevod mahutecha yomeru, Ugvuratecha yadaberu, Adilni vadei adam gevrotav, Ugvod hadam achuto, Machutko machut kol olamim, Yumem shatecha bechodor vador, Sermek adonai lekohanoflim, Bezokef lekol hakefufim, Hene kol alecha yasaberu, Veyatanatem lechem batam beito, Potea ke yadeha, Umat be a la cocaraton, Sadi garanai be coderecha, Behasi be colmasa, Corovaranai la cocorea, A co asherica uve emet, Raton yera avia se, Et shavatam yishma yoshi em, Shomeranai et colava. Et koshmaim yashmit, tela adanaya da bepi, viva reko basar shem Alright. And um, Seder Payom on page 82. A Redeemer will come to Zion and unto those of Yaakov who turn from transgression, says Hashem. And as for me, this is my prayer, this is my covenant with them, says Hashem. My spirit that is upon you and my words that I have placed in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your seed, nor out of the mouth of your seed, seed, says Hashem, from this moment and forevermore. You are the Holy One enthroned on the praises of Israel. And one called to another and said, Kadosh, 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 Adonai, Tsevaot, Melo Kol Haaretz Kevodo. Holy, holy, holy is the Shem of hosts. All the earth is filled with his renown. They receive permission from each other and say, Holy in the heavens on high, home of his presence. Holy on the earth, the work of his power. Holy transcending all time is the Shem of hosts. The whole world is filled with the radiance of his glory. Then a wind lifted me up and I heard behind me the voice of a great rushing. Baruch evod Adonai mimekomo. Blessed is the glory of Hashem from his abiding place. And a wind lifted me up, and I heard the sound of a great movement behind me of one's praising, saying, Blessed is, glory, blessed is the glory of Hashem from the place of the home of His abiding presence. Hashem shall reign forever and ever. The dominion of Hashem is eternally established forever. And the Misha Berach, when they say, Bless the sick, say the person's name out loud. May the one who bless our fathers and our mothers, Avraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. May he bless the sick. Joseph. Eliana, Bat, uh, Miriam. May the Holy Blessed One overflow with compassion upon them, 
to restore them, to heal them, to strengthen them, to rejuvenate them. May he send them speedily a healing from heaven, a healing of the soul and a healing of the body, speedily, without delay. And let us all say, Amen. And a prayer for our government, God, our God and God of our ancestors, accept with mercy our prayer for our land and its government. Pour out your blessing on this land, on its president, judges, officers, and officials who work faithfully for the public good. Teach them from the laws of your Torah. Enlighten them with the rules of your justice so that peace, tranquility, happiness, and freedom will never depart from our land. God of all that lives, please bestow your spirit on all the inhabitants of our land and plant love, fellowship, peace, and friendship between the different communities and faiths that dwell here. Root from their hearts all hate, animosity, jealousy, and strife in order to fulfill the longings of its people who aspire for its dignity and desire to see it as a light for all nations. And so may it be God's will that our land be a blessing for all who live on earth and that fellowship and liberty will, will dwell between them. Establish soon the vision of your prophet. Nation will not raise sword against nation and they will no longer learn war. And as it is said, for all of them will know me from the smallest to the greatest. And Virgil, if you can... When the ark came to rest, Moshe would say, Return, Hashem, to the countless thousands of Israel. Etzchayim hi lemachazikim ba v'tochecha meushar derachecha achenoam v'chonetivotecha shalom. Shivenu Adonai Elecha v'nashuva Chadesh, Chadesh Amenu Chadesh Amenu Is a tree of life to those who take hold of it and those who support it are praiseworthy. Its ways are ways of pleasantness and all its paths are peace. Bring us back, Hashem, to you and we shall return. Renew our days as of old. Let's go back to page 36. So we'll do the, the Musaf Amidah together as a congregation. Take three steps back and three steps forward. Adonai sefatai tiftak ufiya gita hilatecha Baruchata Adonai Eloheinu velohe avoteinu Elohe Abraham Elohe Yitzhak velohe Yaakov Ha'el hagadol hagara hagara El yon gomel chasadim tovim Vechone hako Vesoche chaste avot Mavi goel ibne v'nehem Leman Shema Be'ahava Melech Ozer HaMoshiach Umagain Baruch Ata Adonai Magain Avraham Atagi Bole Olam Adonai Mechem Etimata Rab Lachoshiach Mashiva Ruach Umarid HaGeshem Mechachel Chaim Bechesed Mechem Etim Berachamim Rabim Somech Lofim Vochecholim Umatir Asurim Umechayem emunatoli shene afar. Michamocha bagavarohot. Umidomela melech memid. Umechayem umatsmiya keshua. Venemanatalachayot metim. Baruchata adonai mechayem hametim. Page 39. Kadosh, 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 Adonai Tzavaot, Melo Kol Haaretz Kevodo. Then we turn to Shachim and Omerim. Baruch Kevod Adonai Mimekomo. 
On Mount Sinai, you commanded the Shabbat to Moshe, remember and keep, and regarding it, you commanded us, Hashem, our God, to properly do the additional Musaf sacrifice. May it be favorable before you, Hashem, our God, that you bring us up to our land and plant us in our borders. We shall make our obligatory sacrifice before you, as you wrote for us in your Torah, by the hand of Moshe, your servant. Our God, God of our forefathers, find favor in our rest, sanctify us by your commandments. Give us our portion in your Torah, rejoice our souls in your deliverance. Purify our hearts to serve you in truth, and bestow to us your holy Shabbatot with love and favor. Bless you, Hashem, who sanctifies Shabbat. Page 54. Ya <laughs> Shalom. Basmuchmi Shalom. Shalom. Shalom Sim shalom tova uvracha Sim Shalom, Baruchata Adonai, Amevarechetamo, Israel, Bashalom, Amen. You let on, you let on, Imrefi Figion, Liebe Lefnecha at night, we've got him. Oh, say Shalom, Bemroma, who ya say Shalom, Aleinu. We are called Israel, Vimru, Vimru, Amen. And Safa, um, and do you want to do the Mourner's Kaddish? Does anybody want the Mourner's Kaddish? I, I defer to to uh, Virgil if, it, if he'll do it, but uh, I'm not. I don't feel proficient enough. But can I ask uh, Virgil to do the honors? Yes, definitely. 
Thank you. All right, let's see here. One session market. Page one seventy six. Oh, <laughs> you want to use that mic over there? One seventy six. Yeah. Face it toward you. Ikada ve ikada shemera ba Ame Yamadi rakute, Yamlik mahute, Yakbak pukane, the karemashike Ame Ame Vekaya konuk yona konuk kaitako betisrael Bagala bagala Uvisman kari Vimru Ame Shmeraba Mabaraka, Mame Amaya, Eat Bara, Eat Bara, Vish the Buffet, Private We'll turn back to page 88 for the Ein Kalachenu. Um, who is like our God? Who is like our Lord? Who is like our King? Who is like our Deliverer? Ein Kalachenu, Ein Karonenu, Ein Kemachenu, Ein Kemoshienu, Mi Kalachenu, Mi Karonenu, Mi khemachenu, mi khemoshi enu. No de lelohenu, no de ladonenu, no de lemachenu, no de lemoshi enu. Baruch elohenu, baruch adonenu, baruch machenu, baruch moshi enu. Atahu elohenu, atahu adonenu, Atahu machenu, atahu moshienu, atahu sheikteru, avotenu, lefanecha et kataret asami. And Alenu on page 89 and 90. He has not made our portion like theirs, nor our lot like all their multitudes. We bend the knee and bow and give thanks before the King of Kings. The Holy One, blessed be He. Aleinu l'shabek l'adon hako L'atet g'la y'retze b'reshit Sh'lo asanikare haratzot V'lo samanu k'mishpachot hadama Sh'lo samchokeinu k'ahem V'gor aleinu k'kohamonam V'nachnu k'orim Umishtakavim umodim, Lipne melek, Macheham lachim, Hakadosh baruchu, Shehuno teshemaim veyoser aretz, Umashakakara bashamaim imaa, Mishkina tuzo, Mishkina tuzo, Begave meromim, Hu eloheinu enot, Emet machenu efetzulato, kakatu betorato, veyelatayom, veyelatayom bahashevota, eleva vecha, ki adonai uha elohim, 
The Adon Olam. And after all has ceased to be, he alone will reign in awesomeness. And he was, and he is, and he shall be eternally in splendor. Adon Olam Hashem Allah, Beterim Koyetze Nivra, Le'et Nasa Bechet Azai melek shemoni krave achare kiklo hako levado imlok nora vehu haya vehu hove vehu yiye betif ara vehu echa ve encheni leham shila lehak bira Beli Rechid, Beli Taklit, Beloha Oz, Beha Misra, Behu Eli, Behai Goali, Betu Heli, Beetzara, Behu Nisi, Umanusli, Menakosi, Beyom Ekra, Beyado, Achid Ruhi. Be'erishan ve'ayira ve'imruhi geviyati Adonai ve'lo'ira. Some words from Yeshua, our great Rabbi and Messiah. Let's see. When you are invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited? The host will come and say, give this person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed and you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. And when your host sees you, he will come and say, friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. And uh, we will, I guess, do the continued, continued Zoom for those who want to have Oneg, virtual Oneg. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Shabbat Shalom.